Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Guy. It's your host, Marvin W0MET. We're bringing you the latest of topics, news, and information each episode right here to this show. Your go-to source for the latest insights and knowledge about all things ham radio. Don't forget to follow us over on Twitter, your favorite podcast platform. And now you can find us on YouTube as a podcast and become a patron over at buymeacoffee.com slash the ham radio guy. Well, this is the first episode back since Memorial Day weekend. As I stated at the end of the last show, I'd be a couple days late in getting this one out. And that's a few more days later than I wanted to be, in fact. And I would, you know, I said I'd be traveling for some needed rest and relaxation. And I must say I enjoyed some of the uh, poetic contacts and um, time uh, I was able to get uh, over the weekend uh, some of you may have seen my Twitter feed at the Twin Falls Resort in West Virginia. And uh, I had an opportunity to work a late shift uh, on POTA, and that was a lot of fun. A, a lot of just a pileups. It was kind of actually crazy at times. So it was good to be able to do that. Well, uh, I will have one more show before field day in here recorded uh, probably next weekend, I'm thinking. Get in before Father's Day weekend. I'll be traveling then as well. So. Uh, a little crazy about the schedule, and I apologize, uh, but we'll try and keep these more on track and going more regularly, uh, trying to create some content ahead of time. So I want to talk a little bit more about what today's topic actually is and get into that for a few minutes here. And so uh, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing RF exposure, uh, FCC regulations, and the resources available from the ARRL uh, for some training and guidance. Uh, so let's just get started and get right into it here. Uh, some of you may know that some recent changes went into effect with RF exposure limits and the station evaluation requirements uh, that the FCC put into place, even for amateur radio operators. Now, this will be a very high-level overview, as I obviously can't begin to explain it all and, and give you all the details that are needed for directions to complete your station evaluation, and what that would look like, uh, because each of us have different radios, different antennas, different heights. But I will give you several links in the show notes and some web links from the ARRL website that will give you more information in greater detail that will certainly help you. These are not new rules uh, for amateur radio, uh, as it's been subject to requirements for over 25 years. The uh, actually went into effect May 3rd uh, after kind of a two-year warning with the ARRL and FCC saying, hey, uh, this is this is coming, uh, get prepared. And so this RF exposure limit applies to all radio transmitters, and the new rules changed really only set the criteria into place for a formula in the rules to take into account the transmit power, the antenna gain, and the frequency. Now, these rules are part of six bullet points on the Form 605 application when you take your test for a new license or upgrade, and that's what you're signing down at the bottom is that you'll, you'll comply with that. And uh, the FCC is required by the National Environmental Agency for Policy Act of 1969 is where this all actually stems all the way back to, which evaluates the effect of transmission, I'm sorry, the effect of emissions from FCC-regulated transmitters 
on the quality of human environment. Under the old rules, uh, many amateurs were categorically exempt from the need to do an evaluation. But like I said, as of May 23rd, 2023, you'll need to determine that you are still exempt using the new criteria for exemption described in the new rules or perform an evaluation. And I think if you go through and start looking at some of your stuff, you can make that uh, determination what you need to do. And if you make a change to your station after May 3rd, 2021, that could affect RF exposure, such as increasing your transmitter power, putting up a new antenna, or moving an existing antenna, you need to perform another evaluation. The question most amateurs will probably ask out of this is, is this hard to do? How do I do this? I don't know what to do. I'm not sure how to calculate this. So most station operators can use the RF exposure calculator page. That is linked on the ARRL um, RF exposure webpage. And if you just go to ARRL.org and type in RF exposure uh, or RF evaluation, uh, their whole page and all this information comes right up. And you can find that pretty easily. And so on their webpage, you can either do the transmitter peak envelope power or the antenna gain as kind of a worst case scenario. There's different ways you can measure that and still get a relatively uh, decent, uh, you know, information on this. You can find a copy of this uh, link uh, for the awrl.org slash files slash file slash technology slash RF safety slash committee. And that will get you the uh, PDF you need to uh, from the AWRL. And you can find a copy of this link as well in the show notes at the Ham Radio Guy or on the YouTube channel. You can also use a worksheet to determine this uh, as another solution. And you can find the link for that worksheet on the show notes page as well. Um, I just realized that's the one I just gave to you a second ago. So, um, do you need to report your station evaluation or how do I report it? And the truth is you don't really need to. The bottom line is that this is for your safety and others that are in and around your house, your residence, your station, wherever you may have it. And, you know, if you have, you know, 100 watt, ampl- uh, uh, I'm sorry, 100 watt radio or you have a 1,000 watt amplifier, either way, you still need to perform this uh, evaluation. And, you know, it's a great way, to, idea to keep a record of the station evaluation in case there was ever a complaint made by a neighbor to show that proof that you've done it and you've evaluated it. And then, you know, anytime you make changes in the ham shack, an exposure evaluation should be completed again, and you need to add your existing records to show the changes. And I, I, I really encourage you to say if you've done one and then you have to make a change, you do it again, you keep both of them to show the changes and, you know, whatnot. It's not required, but I think it's a great recommendation. If you need help with the ARRL uh, on this, they can help you. You just need to reach out to them. Contact them by email at tis-tango-india-sierra at awrl.org. Uh, and one of the engineers will get back to you. If you need to talk to them, uh, provide your name and phone number and time to call between 9 and 4. That's when their operating hours are for office. That's in Eastern Time. The ARRL also has a learning network video on RF exposure that's very good that you can view uh, to show you how to perform this evaluation. And I don't believe that you have to be an ARRL member uh, 
to see that video. I could be wrong. Uh, correct me if I am. Uh, leave a note in the comments. But um, I, I'm pretty sure that you don't have to be a member to view that video. And the other thing is I could, you know, probably talk about this for over an hour and, and maybe even longer as there's a lot of detail and information to share about doing an RF exposure evaluation on a station. I mean, it's just a ton of detail. But, you know, I, I it's different for every station. And, and I, I don't know how to tell you that, you know, this is what black and white, what you need to do. So, you know, there's just a lot of resources I want to be able to provide you in show notes today. Uh, definitely worth taking a look at and reading. The AWRL has a great book on this as well, covering RF limits. And one of the many definitions you'll hear and read about is the SAR, uh, Specific Absorption Rate. And I'm going to read the definition that comes from the FCC here. And it says, SAR is usually expressed in terms of watts per kilogram uh, or milliwatts per kilogram. I'm sorry, milliwatts per gram. And guidelines for human exposure to RF fields are based on SAR thresholds where adverse biological effects may occur. And so it's like how, how much RF exposure is your body absorbing? How much are you taking in is, is what those threshold numbers are. And that's what they're talking about. So it's when the human body is exposed to an RF field, the SAR uh, specific absorption rate experience is proportional to the squared value of the electric field strength induced in the body. And this is why you're really doing the evaluation to measure the SAR absorption level of your body and what it's going to take to, um, you know, absorb the RF. And so uh, that's what it comes down to. But you can find this definition and many more in the PDF. Uh, if you go look for this, Evaluating Compliance with the FCC Guidelines for Human Exposure to Radio Frequency, Electromagnetic Fields, this PDF started talking about um, started talking about electric magnetic fields and this uh, compliance around page fifteen. So I think about my notes. I was looking at like, what am I reading here? Um, and so you know, those things happen. It's it's reality in life, and uh, you know, it's the way it goes. But uh, it starts talking about electric magnetic fields in in this PDF about page 15 and, and the, what the amateur radio band and information needed to perform the test are. So if you go look at that document, again, evaluating compliance with FCC guidelines for human exposure to radio frequency is the title of it. And um, I'll, again, I'll put that in the show notes as you can see that and find it. Um, and you can find this article and many more online. Um, the latest article I can find is really in the May 2023 edition of QST. So if you get that, there's a lot of good information in there. And that's kind of what started my um, spark in this myself to, to do my own evaluation, which I've not done yet, but I'm, I'm looking at it, trying to figure it out. And uh, I agree, it's not easy. It's not, you know, just a simple, hey, I can plug in the numbers here and there. You've got to do a little research, you know, hey, you got a hundred watt radio, you've got this antenna, you got this antenna type, you know, it's like you may have to go to the manufacturer and look, you know, look for some information from them as well. See what they can find to kind of give you all your numbers that you need to complete this. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll, you'll be able to figure that out. Uh, if, not, if not, again, reach out to the ARRL, reach out to the local club. There are, you know, maybe you have an Elmer 
or reach out to me, uh, you know, somebody that will be able to provide more information for you somehow. Again, I may not know the answer, but I have to refer you to the AWRL or someone that may be more experienced at this that I know that might be able to help you out as well. Um, so don't be afraid to ask. I'm always glad to be here as a resource and want to, you know, help out any way I can. So good luck in your evaluation. Hope that you'll find what you're looking for in a safe and uh, RF environment uh, when operating and that you're you're in good shape. So with that, I think we're going to move into a, a little bit of news. That's all I've got to wrap up with uh, RF exposure. So we get a very high level overview, uh, you know, not getting into Pacific station details at this point. May come back and do one a little bit more when I uh, figure out what mine is. But, um, you know, I hope that uh, this will hopefully be helpful with what you'll find on show notes and, and what I give you here for some information. Well, another year in the books for Hamvention, with attendance exceeding 31,000 attendees this year. Hamvention was considered a success with the help of more than 700 volunteers and community support of local law enforcement. Many great forums, booths, and displays uh, drew in attendees. Many opportunities to interact and form new friendships uh, while others were rekindled. Hamvention is already on the way to preparing for another great year in 2024. In March of 2023, FEMA released the final version of the NIMS, which is National Incident Management System, Information, and Communications Technology Functional Guidance. Uh, again, it's a fairly thick manual uh, talking about NIMS and how it works and uh, the, the rules and everything around that. And it now includes radio amateurs in the response ecosystem and the national emergency preparedness. So uh, AWRL and FEMA have entered into an updated memorandum of agreement. This agreement will enhance the cooperation between AWRL's emergency communications program, the Amateur Radio Emergency Service, ARIES, and FEMA in providing disaster communications. The agreement emphasizes the importance of skilled amateur radio operators in times of crisis and the roles of 8RES ARIES leadership with the emergency communications space. Amateurs contribute more than 420,000 hours annually, saving local agencies more than $13.4 million. That's a lot of volunteer hours and, and money saved um, by utilizing amateur radio operators. Um, the Northern California DX Foundation recognizes the negative aspect with deliberate QRMers are having on our hobby. Experienced those many times myself out there working POTA and other events. And we believe this is a problem that can be mitigated by applying amateur operators, vast knowledge, and receiving tools to good use. In order to spur research into solving the problem with the Northern California DX Foundation, board of directors at their latest board meeting allocated $100,000 to help develop solutions. So if you have a solution and uh, answers out there, reach out to the NCDXF group, Northern California DX Foundation, and they will have some funding for you to help uh, apply that. And I think a lot of this stems from uh, the Bove Island 
and a lot of the QRM that was involved with that, people got really torqued off about it. And, um, you know, that's what they decided to do something. In. And it does uh, put a kind of a black eye on our hobby a little bit when we hear things uh, happening on the airwaves that we know that are not our normal uh, operators uh, that should be, you know, operating. Um, and then, let's see, funding is available for research and development as well as implementation of the technology. It is hoped that the manufacturers will also assist us with equipment and resources. NCDXF will fall, will shortly have an outline specifics on how to apply for the grants, so get your thinking caps on. This is serious money to address a serious issue to NCDX. Anyway, according to them, it's a serious problem, and, and I don't disagree with that. So, as always, this news's information is updated from the AWL News and AR Newsline and other sources. Well, uh, summer gets busy and things are going on, but, uh, you know, we still like to get into our ham fest, even though Dayton is over for the year. Uh, like another 49 weeks or something like that before we come back to it. Um, but uh, I've got several ham fests for you to maybe check out in your local area. These are in the Midwest mostly. Uh, Southwest Iowa Amateur Radio Association will be having their ham fest in Creston, Iowa on June 10th. Don't forget, if you're in the Knoxville, Tennessee area on June 17th, stop by the Electronics Show Ham Fest and the Tennessee State Convention. North Bend, Nebraska, Pioneer Amateur Radio Club will be celebrating their 25th year uh, flea market and ham fest on July 8th. And finally, Shreveport, Louisiana, Bossier Ham Fest will be on August 12th. So still a few days to go before that one, uh, a couple months there, but uh, you know, be looking forward to that one coming up in your area and more uh, as we go through the summer. Well, that will bring this show to a close, and I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, it's a, maybe a little bit shorter show this week, but I hope that you'll submit that subscribe or hit that subscribe button and share with your friends and hope that you learned something as well that this week will help you in your ham radio operations. If you'd like to help support the channel and become a patron, look at for me on buymeacoffee.com slash thehamradioguy to join today. Please hit the subscribe button on Twitter and follow me as I provide the latest information for all my podcasts on Twitter immediately after publishing an episode so you can listen to it right away. As always, uh, this is your ham radio guy. Buddy, I'm in the chair and on the air, and I say 73 W0 MET.